I don't know about you, but every time I open the Bible and read a, a passage of Scripture that maybe it's the same one that I've read many, many times, I always, because of God, I glean something new out of it. That's just the nature of, of, of God's Word. When we're reading the Bible, we need to remember that although it's the revealed, inspired Word of God, we're still looking at a document that was written a long time ago in a nation far, far away. Yet it speaks to us because God's truth is timeless. Human nature is the same no matter what ethnicity or culture you live in. What it means to be human is the same. Now, unless Jesus uh, comes back before then, imagine if, if somebody 2,000 years from now picks up a book and starts reading about life in 21st century Danville. 2,000 years from now, they're reading about our culture, our way of life. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that this future person would have a tough time understanding life as we know it because they're 2,000 years ahead of us. Just like the world that Jesus lived in 2,000 years ago, it's a different culture. They saw the world differently then. John's gospel was written near the end of the first century in the Roman Empire. It was written in Greek. It wasn't written in English. It was written by a Christian Jew living in a pagan society. So when we get to some of the cultural aspects of the Bible, like the passage we have today, we may have a tough time understanding the deeper meaning of what's going on. You know, all throughout Advent, we've been looking at, at different aspects of who Jesus is. We've looked at how Jesus has authority. We've looked at the humility of Jesus. Last week in the early service, Sean preached about how, how Jesus is full of surprises. When we don't, uh, don't expect him to, to do something, he does. Well, today in John chapter 10, we see that Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. A better translation of good shepherd might be the ideal shepherd or the perfect shepherd. Now, usually around Christmas time, we're not talking about Jesus, the shepherd. We're talking about a group of shepherds outside of Bethlehem, aren't we? But let's be honest. Whether they're from Bethlehem or Jerusalem, most of us don't have a clue what a first century shepherd looked like or what they did. I mean, we don't live in the first century. We don't, we don't fully understand what this statement of Jesus means when he says, I'm the good shepherd. And you know, what? we don't really have shepherds around today like they did in the past. I guess the closest thing you can get to is like a rancher in Texas, a cowboy. That's, that's pretty close, although... Now they track their cattle with GPS and they have helicopters to, to, find, to round them up. Things are a little bit different. So when Jesus calls himself the perfect shepherd, the people heard something that they weren't quite sure that they liked. Because if you look at verse 19 of John 10, when Jesus finishes describing himself, some of the people who heard this statement thought he was crazy. They called him insane. Some thought he was possessed by a demon, that he had lost his mind. Because he called himself the good shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep. Now, if you've ever been around sheep, you know that if someone calls you a sheep, it's kind of a put down. 
It's not a compliment to be called a sheep. They look pretty on TV and in pictures, but you're up with them. Y'all, they're, they're not the greatest thing to be around. They're helpless. They're not that bright. They smell awful sometimes. Sheep need someone to take care of them. Just like we need someone to take care of us. Whether we want to admit it or not, we need someone to take care of us. So by saying that he's the perfect shepherd, Jesus says what makes him the perfect shepherd is that he lays his life down for the sheep. See, that's what a dedicated shepherd did. Shepherds would give their lives for the sheep because the sheep were the financial future of the family. Jesus says that unlike a hired hand who runs for his life when danger's around, a shepherd who owned the sheep would stay and guard them, take care of them, protect them. And that's what Jesus does for us. He never runs away. He always stays with us to defend us, to look after us, because he knows that we need it, even if we don't acknowledge that we need him to. See, being our Savior isn't just a job for Jesus. He laid down his life for us because he's committed to us. You know, you, you can tell how committed somebody is to you by what happens when the tough times come. Think about something that happened in your life that was really hard. Something that you had to go through that was tough. You know, there's certain friends you have that were there with you. And there are folks who weren't there with you. It's the ones that are with you in the, in the difficult times. Those are the true faithful friends. That's who Jesus is for us. Jesus talks about good shepherds defending sheep against the wolves. Now, I don't think he's referring to wolves as the difficult times that come along in our lives. I think he's referring to the wolves as sin and death. He's there to protect us from sin and death. See, Jesus will never abandon us. In fact, as our shepherd, Jesus might say this, when the wolves of the world come around to snatch your soul away, I'm going to break their teeth. Because Jesus is tough. First century shepherds were tough. You didn't want to mess with them. They were fearless. Which makes me wonder about those shepherds outside of Bethlehem. The night Jesus was born. Jesus says the shepherd's not going to leave the sheep. What did these shepherds do? They left the sheep. So are they not good shepherds? They took off. But see, they didn't let anything come in their way of pursuing Jesus. Years later, when Jesus called Peter and Andrew to be his disciples, they did the same thing as those Bethlehem shepherds. They dropped everything and took off. They didn't worry about their livelihood or their investments or how to provide for their families. When Jesus called, they went. Are we willing to do that today? 
Think about this. If, if you discern in your heart that God is nudging you to do something, maybe that's, that doesn't make sense to anybody, would you drop everything and follow him? That's what his 12 disciples did. That's what these shepherds outside of Bethlehem did. They followed him. They risked everything because they knew Jesus was worth it. Let's get back to John 10 because we're getting into some really fascinating verses here. 14 and 15 are powerful verses. Verse 14, Jesus says that not only does he protect his sheep, he knows his sheep. He knows everything about his sheep. You know what that means? Jesus knows everything about you. You can't hide anything from him. He can see the depths of your heart. And he loves you anyway. He sees the depths of my heart. And he still loves me. You know what amazes me? It's amazing to see how in a room full of crying babies... A mom knows instantly if her baby is one of the babies that's hollering. Have you ever noticed that? And moms know exactly why the baby's crying. Because I guess babies have different crying noises. They have different cries, sounds for different things. I I was pretty daft when it came to our kids as babies. I didn't know what was going on. They survived only because Cheryl was in their life. I had no idea why they were screaming. Cheryl would look at me and say, well, Mike, isn't it obvious that she wants white grape juice instead of apple juice? I have no idea what's going on. Cheryl could tell because of the sound of the cry what our kids needed. See, Jesus, the ideal shepherd, is like a mom who knows her children so well She can just look at them and know what they're thinking. That's how well Jesus knows us. But notice what else he says. He says that the ideal shepherd knows his sheep. And his sheep know him. And this is where it gets interesting. See, in verse 15, Jesus says that the relationship between himself and his sheep is so intimate that it's like the relationship between Jesus and God the Father. Y'all, did you just hear that? Listen to this. Jesus wants you to have a relationship with him that's as close as his relationship with God the Father. Y'all, that is intimately close. Did you know that you can be that close to Jesus? Or that he wants to be that close to you? See, the baby born in Bethlehem all those years ago is the perfect shepherd who wants to have a relationship with you that's as intimate as the relationship between the Father and the Son. Think about that. Let that sink into your heart. That'll change your life. 
That's a closer relationship than any human relationship you could ever have. That's the level of love that Jesus wants us to have for him. Is Jesus that kind of shepherd to you? Is the closest relationship in your life your relationship with Jesus? See, sometimes it's hard for us to understand Jesus for who he really is. You know, we have paintings of him, we see movie depictions of him, and we get these images that he's this perfectly formed northern European man whose hair is slicked back, and he's holding a perfectly white sheep that's behaving well even though it's being held. And Jesus just has this loving expression on his face. That's not the Jesus that he's describing in John 10. Jewish shepherds were tough. Jesus is not describing this perfect shepherd as a stoic, gentle image that we see in paintings. Jesus, the perfect shepherd who takes care of his sheep, is more like the tough, masculine Jesus that we have in our chapel. You know, the buff Jesus? That's more like the perfect shepherd. Because I want someone like that taking care of me. That's more like a first century Jewish shepherd. You didn't want to mess with him. That's the perfect shepherd that looks after us. As we close out, there's one thing I need to point out about our scripture passage today. And it's the most important thing Jesus says about himself in these seven verses. I don't know if you noticed this when Sean was reading the scripture, but in these seven verses of John 10, Jesus says a total of five times in these seven verses that his role as the perfect, ideal shepherd is to lay his life down for the sheep. See, when we're reading our Bibles and we see a repetition like this, that's on purpose. Pay attention when you're reading your Bibles and you see a word repeated or a phrase. It's there for a reason. See, laying down his life for his sheep was the primary objective of Jesus coming into the world. That's it. To make us right with God by taking the death penalty on himself for the sins that we commit. That's why Jesus came. That was the number one reason why he came into this world. Why would he do such a thing? He's God. He doesn't need to do that. It's because he's the perfect shepherd. And as the perfect shepherd, he voluntarily gives up his life for his sheep. See, I can follow a God like that. I can follow a God who gets down in the muck of this world with me. And the horrible stench of my sin. And he's with me. And he pulls me out. And he takes care of me. I can give my life to a God like that. That's who Jesus says he is. 
That's the Jesus that we celebrate and we worship. That's the little baby born in Bethlehem. He didn't ask us to come up to him. He came down to us. Because that's the kind of God he is. Let's pray.